God really pursued me and brought me to surrender. He took me to Matthew 6, 19 through 24, where Jesus tells us, don't store up treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. Well, today we have the privilege of having an evangelist with us, Rob Welch. He is an evangelist who is ordained. He has a master's in missions from Wheaton College, and he is founder of For His Glory Ministries, which is based in O'Fallon, Missouri. So Rob Welch, welcome to Charisma Connection. Thanks, Chris. It's very good to be with you. I look forward to our time together today. Great to have you. And you left a business career back in 2001 to enter full-time ministry. What type of business were you in, and how did God call you then into the ministry of evangelism? Well, I I graduated, uh, my undergrad degree was in business administration with a marketing concentration and, and went into sales and was in sales actually seven years. And about five years in, I started sensing that God might be calling me uh, to vocational ministry, to the gospel ministry. And and I left one position that I had held for about five years. And at that point, I, I said to the Lord, Lord, if you want me to go in the ministry, I will but you've got to make it really clear because I got bills to pay. And God didn't immediately open the door, but a couple months later after I had taken another sales position, I met a missionary couple that was on their first furlough from Western China. And his name is, is Jeff. He goes by Wally. Wally was telling me about the first known believers, seven young women, college students, that had come to faith in Christ in a, in a people group in East Asia. And it was just really exciting to hear. And I was listening to him where a group of us were having dinner, but it was really God's appointment for me and Wally. And it was like I was listening to myself and he was talking about where the Apostle Paul talks in Romans 10, how will they hear unless they have a preacher? And how will somebody preach to him unless he's sent? And, and that just really spoke to my heart. And over the period of the next 10 months, God really pursued me and brought me to surrender. He took me to Matthew 6, 19 through 24, where Jesus tells us, don't store up treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And, and one by one, God confronted me with my four biggest idols over a period of 10 months and said, is this your God or am I? And I had to say, well, you are, Lord. And, and he got to my Isaac, and, and I had to surrender that to him. And that was in October of 2001, and I never looked back since then. Fourteen months later, I left the business world. I sold my home and pretty much all my stuff and went back to school full-time at Wheaton and got my master's in missions thinking I was going to the mission field somewhere in Africa. So that that's kind of how God called me uh, out of the business world and, and into preaching the gospel around the world. So that was the, the background for that. Interesting journey, Rob. And as you trained to fulfill your call, as you said, you went to Wheaton. I understand you also did some work at the Billy Graham Center there. Tell us about that. Well, uh, it was interesting because most of the master's 
a program at Wheaton is at the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College, which was a, and it still is, I believe, a partnership between the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and Wheaton College. And, and so the missions departments there, the evangelism department, the spiritual formation, leadership, biblical studies. Uh, so I went through the master's program there, and while I was finishing uh, there, uh, God confirmed my call as an evangelist. And after I graduated, I went to an evangelist conference uh, held at the Billy Graham Center in, in June of, of 2004. And, and while the conference was going on, the director of the Graham Center at the time, Lon Allison, said, why don't you come on staff at the Billy Graham Center as evangelist in residence? So I really sensed that was God's uh, calling because I knew I was to stay there for a season for, for preparation for the ministry God had called me to and for a partner for my future wife, who I didn't know who that was at the time, but I, I knew God had me there for a season. So when, when Lon asked me to join uh, and work with students in evangelism at the Graham Center, I jumped at that and recognized God had opened a door. And I was there three years uh, at the Graham Center at Wheaton College's Evangelist in Residence. What a wonderful opportunity. And then, it in, was. Two, and then in 2006, you started For His Glory Ministries. Uh, why did you name it that way? That's a great name. Well, that's, that's a good question, Chris. You know, I didn't know what to call the ministry, so initially it was Rob Welch Evangelistic Ministries, and I just didn't feel comfortable with that at all, and I have no problem with people that, that have ministries named after Billy Graham was one, and I don't think he was comfortable with his name on the ministry, or Luis Palau and, and some great evangelists I, I know I have had ministries bearing their name, but but for me, I just um, I just thought this is this is not the right name, and I, but I didn't know what to call it. So I'm driving in the car one day and, and really just not sure, and I felt the Lord ask me a question, and he said, what is this for? And I said, this is for his glory. And so that's how uh, for his glory got the name. When the Lord asked me, what is this for, I immediately knew this was for his glory. So... And that's how God gave me the name, but it also anchors us because it's so easy to think too much of self and too little of the Savior. And we're to exalt Christ and to preach the gospel and lift him up. He said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all people to myself. So he gave the right name, and it's a constant reminder this is all for him, this is all about him, and this is all about advancing his kingdom to the ends of the earth. So. I was really excited when God gave the name because I had no idea what to call it, and I knew it shouldn't bear my name. So, so that was how I got the name for his glory. Great question. Well, that's a great way to get a name, too, isn't it? Well, I can't figure these things out on my own, Chris. I'm, <laughs> I'm quite limited. And one time I, I, I used to joke, if you don't mind me sharing a little side story, sure. I used to joke that my job was don't fall off the stage because I preach at large festivals. And, <laughs> and, and really, I'm just a mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit up there. Uh, if God doesn't speak through me, I have nothing to say. I know what passage I'm looking at. I know where I'm going in general. But, but just the anointing of the Holy Spirit just carries me, and I'm a spectator in my own body, and, and just, just an instrument. Well, my joke, like I said, was my job is don't fall off the stage. Well, one time in a, in a wet condition uh, with a very muddy field and a ramp, 
that was kind of slick and and shoes that really weren't good as far as traction. Well, you get to get where I'm going with this. Well, I ended up falling off the stage. So uh, as I was trying to get down off the stage, I I slipped and fell and ended up even getting an electric shock because there were some issues oh. with insulation and the wiring there. So so I don't even say my job is just don't fall off the stage because I can't even get that right. So this really all has to be him. And uh, I'm grateful for that because I know what he can do. And I know my own limitations, and I'm so grateful it's not dependent on my limitations, but the power of God. Nobody told you to break a leg, did they? No, I didn't. But, it, you know, the funny thing on this story, not that it's not funny enough as it is, but we had actually had, because the, the main singer didn't show up, we had 8,000 of the 10,000 people that were there leave right before I preached, and that's heartbreaking as an evangelist. Mm-hmm. And so there were only 2,000 people left when I did that nice little uh, aerial uh, <laughs> on the ramp. And, and, and that's the only time I've ever been happy that a crowd wasn't big because, you know, <laughs> you go down hard, hard, it looks bad, and you know everybody sees you. So at least only 2,000 people saw it instead of a, a bigger crowd. But uh, I still would have taken the bigger crowd, more people coming to Jesus. But at that particular moment, I was glad it wasn't a larger audience to see my little debacle going off stage. Yeah, so rather so, humbling, I'm sure. Oh, I've had plenty of those. <laughs> Well, um, Rob, God sent you to the nations. So which nations are we talking yeah. about? I know Africa is a, a, the continent of Africa is a definite focus for you. Yeah, it really is. And you've got over 50 nations in Africa. We're really focused on East and Central Africa. We've been to Congo multiple times lately, and our largest ministry has been there and in Tanzania and uh, we're really seeing God move. So it's East and Central Africa, been to Kenya multiple times, Rwanda multiple times, been to Uganda five times, been to Mozambique. Uh, we're, we're expanding. We've got a team uh, that's in Rwanda and Congo and Kenya. So, so right now our focus is East and Central Africa, and we're, we're looking to add a second team within the next year, year and a half, to cover West Africa as well and, and more French-speaking uh, countries uh, to expand our reach. But, but that's really where we're primarily ministering at this time. Well, I saw in your videos, different videos, that you were sporting African shirts. Uh, how, do you, how do you contextualize the gospel also when you go into each place like that? Well, you know, I, I get asked that question a lot, and, and my degree is in intercultural studies uh, and missions, so contextualization is really important. And, but I'm going to get in trouble probably for this and, and saying, you know, I don't know that I do. The gospel is relevant for every culture. I just preach Christ and him crucified, and God draws people. I'll, I'll preach through a parable of Jesus or a teaching of Jesus. Uh, you know, or a miracle of Jesus. So the parables are teachings, but I'll, 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 I'll go one of those and I preach the cross and the resurrection and I call everyone to surrender. Now, in an African context, deliverance is very important. And so when you look at the fact that Jesus delivers us from the wrath that is to come, he delivers us from the judgment of sin, uh, which we're all 
guilty of sin, as the Bible tells us, and he sets us free. And people everywhere want freedom. People everywhere want deliverance. People everywhere want peace. The gospel is the most relevant message and most powerful message in all the world. So if you're faithful to the Word of God and dependent on the Holy Spirit, it is contextualized. And, you know, God speaks to hearts. There was a guy who was a militia leader uh, named Thomas, and this was in Congo in a city called Goma. And there was a, uh, an epidemic going on with Ebola, so dealing with some stuff last year when we were there. And Thomas was, uh, had done a lot of bad things. And he came to the festival because his friend, who had just come to Christ a few weeks before, invited him. And I was preaching on Zacchaeus. And, you know, Zacchaeus in, in Luke 19, he went up in a sycamore fig tree to see Jesus because he was a short man. He was a hated man. He was a chief tax collector. Uh, he was very rich and it exploited all the people and they wanted nothing to do with him. But Zacchaeus knew that he needed to see Jesus. So he went up in the, in the tree. Well, to illustrate that, and this was prompted by the Spirit, there was no premeditation on my part, I climbed up the speaker towers a little bit. And, and Thomas, when he saw me preaching, uh, climbed up the speaker towers uh, you know, above the stage. God convicted his heart, and he's like, I'm just like that man. That's me. I've hurt people. I, I've, I've, I've done terrible things. I need Christ. He didn't wait for an invitation. He didn't wait for me to finish the message and give the call. Right then and there, he surrendered his life to Christ. And then afterwards, he went to the mayor of the city, and he told them that he had just received Christ. And he was transformed. And the mayor said, I'm going to bring you with me and have you speak at public events. And to demonstrate the power of the gospel so that it's always relevant, it's always contextualized if you're faithful to the Word of God and dependent on the Spirit. God's going to speak to hearts, and he's going to draw them to himself. That's been my experience everywhere we've gone. And often we see most of the people, sometimes 80% of the people or more, responding to the gospel at the invitation to receive Christ. So most relevant message ever told, most important message ever told, most needed message in the world ever told, and God moves. So and that's a long answer, but I'm a preacher, and I, I'll never get tired of the gospel. It's, it's my greatest joy seeing God bring people into the kingdom and, and exalting Christ by preaching Christ and Him crucified. Well, that's a really great story about Thomas, you said. Uh, you know, because when you get to looking at the numbers, I understand that you have preached to over 4 million people with more than 800,000, actually more than 840,000 committing their lives to Christ. That is amazing. And to hear that one story, it, you know, puts a face on it. Well, each number is a person, and you can get caught up in statistics but Jesus never did. You know, when the one person, when Nicodemus came to him at night, Jesus didn't say, I'm sorry, you didn't bring a big crowd like the Sermon on the Mount. Or, or the woman at the well. Uh, Jesus always met the one. And, and each person is precious to God. And, and we have seen so many lives transformed. And, and we don't know all the stories, but God does. And so Thomas is one of, of hundreds of thousands of lives that have been transformed.
transformed. And that, that's just at the festivals and people that we got decisions for. Often there's so many people responding, you just can't get to everybody. We do the best we can. Our counselors do an amazing job. But when you have 130,000 people responding and 160,000 there total, and you got 12 to 14,000 counselors trying to get to 130,000 people in a packed crowd, that's hard. That was our last festival the last night. It was amazing how many people were coming to Christ. And But, you know, God knows. And, and there's so many stories. There's a woman, I'll, I'll share this, named Ruth, who who was a prostitute. And, and she was a Muslim and married with a couple of children. And she, she heard my partner, Mark Levesque, uh, teaching on the authority we have as believers. He's not even calling people to Christ. This was at a church leaders conference, and Ruth had been invited by a pastor's wife. She came. She came to faith in Christ. She was transformed. And there's more to that story, but, uh, but you know, you, you, look at, you look, there's so many people that are hungry and ready and open, and all we need to do is share the hope that we have in Christ and invite everybody to come to Jesus and live. That's, that's the beauty and power of the gospel. Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God's not a respecter of people. And I can't wait to glory seeing all the people that have come into the kingdom that I never knew about or all those that came to Christ through the movements because that's really the focus of our ministry. It's launching disciple-making movements that transform nations for Christ. The festival is just the Pentecost, but the whole of the ministry is launching multiplying movements and we're equipping believers to do that. That's really what we're about. It's, it's the launching of the movements. The festival is just kind of the, the party that brings hundreds of churches together and often 100,000 people respond to the gospel at the festival. But, but it's, really, it's really launching these multiplying movements that are going to reach nations for Christ. That's what we're about. Well, I was going to ask you to tell me about your model of ministry and how, for instance, you get the national church involved and what kind of groundwork there is in advance of your festivals. Well, that's, that's, that's great. I, I'm sorry, I was already kind of leaning that way, so thanks for asking the mm -hmm. question. No problem. Uh, our focus, as I said, is launching multiplying disciple-making movements. So we want to activate every believer we can. And this is by the power of the Holy Spirit. None of this is in our own strength. But we want believers to know they're calling. Every believer is called to be a, a witness. We want them to be equipped. And the model we used... Uh, is really the New Testament model you see going on in the book of Acts. There's a, a missionary named Ying Kai who developed what he called Training for Trainers, or T for T. And this was in China in 2000, and over a period of nine years and nine months, it went from inception to 1.7 million baptized believers and over 150,000 house churches. And, uh, and that was not including those considered too charismatic to be Baptists. So it was over 2.5 million people coming to Christ, well over 200,000 house churches. And the Southern Baptist International Mission Board is using this model. Uh, Campus Crusade for Christ crew, they're using this model. They have a different name for it. There are others. Uh, but this is happening around the world, this, this discipleship multiplication model that we see in the New Testament. And we're training believers in that. We work with hundreds of churches and thousands of believers to train and equip them to multiply. Then you have the festival, and that's a huge in-gathering. That's the Pentecost, if you will. And you can really look at our ministry as Acts chapter 2. 
and Second Timothy two two because you look at the whole of Acts two, you got Pentecost, and then you've got they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to breaking of bread and prayers, and you see just the New Testament church uh, lived out there, and God adding to their number daily those who are being saved, and and so that's really our ministry. So we're equipping as many believers as we can. We're working with the pastors. We're working with the churches. We're seeking to see all the faithful churches coming together and working together to launch a movement that's going to spread and literally reach millions of people for Christ. And once you get to the fourth generation of these discipleship groups, so say, Chris, you start a group, that's generation one. And people in the group you started start groups, that's generation two. And, and people that those groups start generation three. Once you get to the fourth generation down, a movement's been birthed, and that can literally reach millions of people. And now you're talking nation-changing power here as the gospel advances, and it's activating every believer to be a multiplying disciple maker. So that's really our model. What the festival does is it just brings hundreds of churches together and, and a huge in-gathering with, with, with people coming into the kingdom and, and getting plugged into these discipleship groups. Uh, but that's what we're about. It really turbocharges the movement. So it's like pouring gas on the fire. And so we combine the two. We go to major cities generally speaking, larger cities in a nation. We try to be as strategic as we can, kind of like the Apostle Paul there. And then you go to uh, multiple cities in a nation, you see you got launch movements there. That can impact the whole nation for Christ. So that's really our vision and our model uh, in, in a, hopefully a quick, clear summary. Well, Rob, uh, that sounds exciting. I mean, I love it that is. you're just not going in for a festival and pulling back out and, you know, hoping that people, you know, catch something there. No, you're really you're really working for discipleship and, and for the whole movement, so that's wonderful. So tell me, um, how many people do you take on your team at a time? And I'm sure it depends on the country. Well, generally our teams are small. You know, we've kind of changed how we we operate there. I used to bring larger teams with me when I was uh, smaller in the ministry in terms of we didn't have uh, the team we currently have. And and so we'd bring teams with us, and, and it was it was very helpful earlier on. But as, as we've had greater clarity in what God has called us to, we're really very specific in who we bring. My partner, Mark Levesque, has been working with me five years now and has really been transformational. Almost all the fruit of the ministry since Mark joined October of 2015. So really, uh, without him and without our team, uh, we've got a great team in Africa. Uh, Tony Vincent leads our team there, and, and Samuel Angando leads the training and church mobilization. Barnabas is amazing with T for T, and Ajit helps out on the, the communications and logistics and reporting. Uh, but we really bring small teams. So we might bring one or two or three other people. Laura Parley works with us in the women's ministry, so she comes with on trips, and she's on our board and has been on staff with us. And Mike Osterhoff has been joining us lately on, on trips as well. So so we're open to bringing a couple, but we're very specific in who we bring, and uh, it's very focused on launching movements. So we're, we're realizing we really need to focus in on what God's called us to and, and, and make sure we're laser-focused on that so we're not bringing huge groups with us, which 
uh, there there can be good things with that, but we're we're just not equipped for that. Well, how can our listeners support you, Rob, and and your ministry for His glory? Is there a website they can go to for more information? Ab- absolutely, and uh, our website is forhisglorymen.org. That's F O R H I S G L O R Y M I N dot org. So forhisglorymen.org. And you have a lot of great information on the website and also some training materials and videos. Uh, the, the, the ways you can help are similar, similar with other ministries. Obviously, we need people standing with us in prayer. We need partners financially. We have many who are behind us in this work. But as we expand, you always uh, need others to join with in the work. So giving is a way you can help. Prayer is a way you can help. But also doing training for trainers, T for T. And we want to equip as many believers as we can uh, to join with us in the work. So those are some of the ways uh, that people can help and partner with us and also be equipped to do what God's called them to here. That's excellent. Okay, let's give that website once again, forhisglorymen.org. Men standing for ministry, of course. Uh, forhisglorymen.org. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for sharing your exciting ministry, what God is doing. Would you like to close out our podcast with a prayer for our listeners? I would love that. And and Chris, thanks so much for having me. And thanks for everyone who's listened. It's just really amazing what God's done. And I'm grateful that I get to be a part of this and, and seeing it expand and grow. And just hope everybody listened was inspired. Let me Let me close with this prayer. Uh, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, that you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Father, I pray for anyone listening who's not surrendered their life to you right now, they'd surrender their life to you, that they trust in Jesus, that they'd look to Jesus and live. And Father, for all my brothers and sisters in Christ, fill them, Lord, with your Holy Spirit and with faith. Fulfill your purposes in their lives. Lord, speak to them if you're calling them to the mission field, if you're calling them as evangelists, if you're calling them as pastors, if you're calling them as teachers, if you're calling them to lead businesses for the glory of God, if you're calling them uh, to medicine, Father, I pray blessing, and I pray that you direct and lead husbands and wives loving each other, children loving each other and loving their parents and obeying you. I pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. I pray for protection against every attack of the enemy. Guide my brothers and sisters to put on the whole armor of God that they might stand firm against the evil one. Bless them, Father, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Fulfill your purposes for their lives and use them, Lord, for your glory and your kingdom's sake, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we sure appreciate that prayer, Rob Welch, and we definitely say an amen to that and to your ministry, which is for his glory ministries. So we want to hear more from you down the line uh, sometime. And, I'd uh, love that. And, and uh, we'll just be watching. So thanks so much, Rob. I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection. And be sure to drop by our Charisma Podcast Network website, which is cpnshows.com. 
there you can get acquainted with some of our other podcasts. And if you like some of the interviews we have here on Charisma Connection, you might want to check out John Matarazzo's Along the Way podcast or today with Marilyn and Sarah. That's Marilyn Hickey and Sarah Bowling. You can find more than 100 podcasts at cpnshows.com, cpnshows.com. And thanks for listening. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.